Hello and welcome to the Chime 30th Anniversary Podcast, where we are celebrating three decades of dedication to digital health leadership. I'm Russ Branzell, your host for this podcast and the CEO and President of Chime. Each week until the Fall Forum, which will be in San Antonio, Texas this year, we're going to be spending time with a digital health leader who's made a very special impact on Chime in our history. Today, we welcome the board chair from 2020, who also got to be the board chair in 2021, who brought us through one of the hardest times, not just in healthcare, but really in history with the pandemic. He's now serving as Chime's foundation board chair and past chair, but he's also just one of the hardest working people in healthcare. He's the corporate CIO at Geisinger Health, a great friend to everyone in Chime and me personally. We're honored to welcome John Kravitz to our podcast. Welcome, John. Russ, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here speaking with you today. And I really look forward to our conversation. Well, like everyone in Chime over the last 30 years, we all have a Chime story. So we'd love to hear what your Chime story is and how you even got involved. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I became involved in Chime, believe it or not, back in 99. 1999, I joined Chime. Um, I was with uh, Mercy Health System at the time. And uh, a colleague of mine who was originally my boss and then left the organization had talked to me about, uh, about joining Chime. Uh, you know, we had the opportunity to really get to network with a much smaller group at that time of CIOs, but still distinguished CIOs that had a lot of experience. Uh, great leaders that brought a lot of new innovative ideas, even in 1999, just before the turn of the century. So really, uh, it was an interesting time. Um, I liked it a lot because I got to learn a lot from other people. I got to, to know some of the, the, the fathers of Chime, like, you know, John Glazer and other folks and, and got to build friendships. And, and, you know, what I always liked about Chime was people were welcoming. They welcomed new members. They were willing to share ideas with new members, uh, bring them along, you know, get them to be more seasoned CIOs. So I really think that's what differentiates Chime from other organizations. Uh, it's much more of a camaraderie and uh, feels like a family. And it's, it's just wonderful when you get to a conference like we hadn't been in two years and we finally got together last fall in San Diego. And it was just so much fun connecting with people in person again. So uh, that's my story of Chime. I've, I've enjoyed it all the way through. Uh, finally had the opportunity to run for a board position uh, when eligible, and, and I, was, I was fortunate to get selected, and, um, and eventually fortunate to get selected for the chair, chairmanship, and really enjoyed the work. Um, I, it, it didn't feel like work. It, it felt more like, like just something you're doing to further the organization that you have a passion for, so... Well, so let's just talk about that a little, John, because, you know, you, you ran for board chair in 2019 and you were selected as chair, just rolling along great, just like always. We put you on stage for a few minutes at the end of the fall forum at 19 and embarrass you a little bit, fully getting ready to ramp you up into night into 2020. And then, bam, the pandemic hits. Um, and, and like many of us, we thought, ah, six weeks, 12 weeks, so this thing will be over, we'll be on our merry way. But it turns out to be one of the greatest challenges in healthcare history. And so, first of all, you know, just your recollect of the last two years and, and what we've had to go through, but also how you handled those challenges as our chair. Well, I'll tell you that the last two years felt like a time warp 
uh, it was something that I never thought in my life I would ever experience. You know, you hear of the Black Plague and, and the Spanish flu and all those things that happened, um, you know, in history. And, you know, I've, I've often thought we've advanced so much in medicine that we can overcome things like that. And boy, were we surprised, right? This was something, not that medicine didn't help because it did, you know, considerably with, with developing the vaccine as quickly as we did uh, to be able to get us on track. But think about that, you know, 18 month to two year window of time. It was just like a chasm and people just kind of hunkered down in their homes and didn't get out with people because there was fear of the unknown. We didn't know what this virus how it spread, how quickly it spread. And then we hear of Omicron and, and the spreading of that so rapid and uncontainable. And, and so many people have lost their lives. So, you know, it's just, it's, it was a weird time in our, in our careers. Um, I think fortunate for us, you know, uh, at Chime, the year before the pandemic hit, we had been doing some really heavy strategic planning at a retreat the summer before in 2019. And, and we said, you know, everybody in the world is going digital. All other industries outside of healthcare are going digital. Why isn't healthcare moving in that direction too? Um, and when more we think about it, we said, you know, there are so many touch points for the customer. In healthcare, we almost thought we were like immune from the customer. Like we're here to serve you and make you better. Uh, and you should just be subservient to us and do what we tell you to do. And it's, <laughs> that's not the way of the world. And that's not the way that, you know, the patient or the, the subscriber or the customer in general wants to be treated. They want to feel like they're in charge. You know, we've done other things with, with you know, HIPAA and portability of their information. The customer actually owns their information. So why don't they have the control over that? So, you know, there are some changes that are occurring now, of course, and, and we're going to address that. But I think that was a real challenging time. But to me, what was rewarding is that we put a plan together, not knowing this thing was coming. We had no idea, but we knew it was the right thing to do for healthcare and to educate a lot of our leaders. And ironically, that fall forum before the pandemic hit, right prior to our spring forum, we talked about a lot of the, you know, the digital strategy. We call it the 3.0 strategy. And that was really important because we started to give some examples on digital and things we need to look at and focus on. And, you know, we called out telemedicine. We, we specifically called that out. We, we called out migrating to the cloud, uh, you know, a CRM strategy and other things that we need in order to, you know, engage in the customer experience and know our being accounted by your customer and be able to reach out to them and, and make them engaged with you you know, make it frictionless, make it easier for them to do services with your organization. So I think, you know, that was, that was actually a godsend that we had that vision to do that because think about it back on March 20th or March 19th, whatever day it was, it was close to that where things just shut down and we all had to go digital overnight. I remember my organization going from about 2000 people working from home to 10,000 in one day. And, uh, and it stayed that way. So, you know, telemedicine picked up, uh, considerably picked up as it did everywhere, uh, just because that was a way of giving care to the, the patient or the consumer. And so, you know, I think we're seeing now the focus on digital 
in a big, big way. And it's something that's really warranted. And I think we can learn from other industries and how they've approached that. So, you know, I think those are the things that I'd focus on. My, my personal memory is the things that we did that were really positive for Chime and for our constituents. And, uh, and one of those I think is our, our moving away from hymns and, and moving in different directions where we can continue to educate, uh, participate with people, get the word out. Because Chime is really an education, uh, first off, first and foremost. And then advocacy is the other big factor. You know, the federal government checks with Chime all the time before they put things in the role. And they want to get the perspectives of our CIOs because they're so respected in the industry. So. Well, that's a great point. And, you know, what's nice about Chime is, you know, I joined a few years before you, actually. I was in 1997 and not the very beginning, like our friends Glasser and, and Kapesky and so many others that started it in 92. But. Uh, near the beginning, uh, near that front part, but now it's really grown into an organization that supports all digital leaders, you know, of all, all different types, long-term care, like like Rusty and Rehab and physician groups and pro for-profits, nonprofits, small organizations, critical access hospitals, the biggest health systems in the world, a global perspective. You know, digital doesn't discriminate and cybersecurity doesn't discriminate. They don't care if you're big or small, the, the requirements are the requirements. And I think we've done a pretty good job of meeting all their needs, but I'd love to hear what your perspectives are trying to be able to support really an entire global ecosystem now with things that really have to happen across the entire spectrum of healthcare. Well, and I think, you know, a couple of those examples you called out, digital is one, but cyber is the other one. And, you know, no one's exempt from cyber attacks and all of us will be attacked cyber attacks. It's just, how can we recover? How do we do things um, to protect our organizations? You're not going to firewall them out. They're going to come in. They're going to come over the top. They're going to find ways in. But what is your strategy to be able to, um, to, to contain and to uh, segregate and to fight back, uh, which, is, which is going to be the key going forward? So you're right. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. Healthcare is not special. It's not kept in a silo. Um, you know, people think because you're providing healthcare to people, you're going to be protected. Obviously, you're not. We hear of Internet of Thing attacks, IoT attacks on medical devices. That's the scariest part when someone's connected to an infusion pump or something else and, and things are getting jammed or, or uh, changed in any way, shape or form that can literally have an adverse effect on someone's life. So that's scary. Um, those are the types of things we want to protect at all costs, do everything we can to protect the organizations, protect the customer, consumer, the patient. Um, when it comes to digital, though, I think that's another area and we continue to evolve uh, in digital in a bunch of different areas within organizations. And I've seen some, some great things where uh, now things are moving toward self-service for the consumer uh, as they have in other industries. But you know, making it easier for the consumer to, to obtain services and do it expeditiously, whether that's a telemedicine visit or an in-person visit, but make it easy to do it. Use text messaging so it's not so obtrusive. And, you know, you get so many spam calls. You pick up a phone call and they're trying to sell you, you know, uh, some sort of a warranty extension for your vehicle or something else. And you just don't want to be disturbed by it. So a text message that's trusted partner 
um, really is a much nicer way to engage with a consumer. And uh, the experience there is, is so much better. Um, improving ways to communicate, make it easy, make it simple and seamless and you know something that doesn't slow people down because people are all busy with their families and their lives. So you know digital and cyber are really mission critical areas that we need to continue to stay diligent on and it's going to continue to evolve over the next several years. Cyber is, is getting more and more challenging. Uh, I think there are some great tools out there now, uh, some great systems to support that, but uh, we'll continue to see that evolve over time. I'm convinced of it. Well, and you mentioned this a couple of times in those words, that this takes leadership. And that's really one of the theme words for our 30th anniversary is leadership. I'd love to first know, you know, kind of hear from you what you think leadership is and, and what that is and, and how Chime has helped with leadership, but really the industry as a whole has helped us lead, not just through this time, but really through this era. Yeah, I think leadership is extremely important. Uh, people, they need confidence in a leader. And we've, we've seen great leaders over the years in, in all sectors, whether it's in politics or just public figures that are great leaders. There are people that put themselves out there. You know, they could be exposed to ridicule and other things, but they put themselves out there because they feel they really have a utilitarian view. They want the greatest good for the most number of people. And, you know, I think that's really important as a leader in healthcare. You know, you've got to be strategic in your approach, you know, what, what you're doing, um, how you're approaching it. You've got to have vision, excellent communication skills. Those are all important things. I think that, uh, that resonate. And especially as a CIO, you've got to speak very high level strategic in the approach that, that you take, you know, with, with your boards, with your executive team. Um, they need to understand that you have, you know, four or five items, an elevator speech, so to speak, um, that you can get the message out pretty quickly. Um, and, and it's interesting because um, one new person that joined our organization came from a major uh, organization of Fortune 100 company in communications and said that there is a, a 30, um, three and a 30 uh, approach to communication. So you have 30 seconds to get your message out like an elevator speech. You have three minutes to talk about what your strategy is and how you want to approach it and 30 minutes when you're presenting to get the message out clearly. And I, I thought that was really cool. I never heard that before. It's just another new technique, but something that, that I think is great when you're in a leadership role. I think it's really important to be able to communicate a vision and how you're gonna put it together and produce the results that you say you can. And I think that's really important. And you know, I think Chime comes into play with that. Uh, we've had an inordinate amount of folks go through our CIO boot camps where you learn a lot of some of the challenges that other CIOs have experienced and how they got to the other side of it. I remember I went through the boot camp in 2004, so that was that was eons ago. But you know, I made some great relationships uh, and mentoring relationships with people that were you know a few years ahead of me, um, and in some cases now have retired, but still stay in touch with them. And it was great for learning experiences how to address you know issues that come up and what's the most professional way to do that. Uh, so they can see you truly are a leader in your organization. I think a lot of good people have come through that and learned a lot through the, through the boot camp as one of the avenues of, of leadership, education, and training. 
John, you definitely make me feel old because that was my first year as the program director of that program. So it's now been 18 years involved in that program. And even when you look at our board, I think just about everyone, if not everyone um, that are on the provider side on our board are actually boot camp graduates and certified CIO. So it's uh, it's kind of cool to see that happen, but it also uh, explains why there's either a loss of or gray hair on this head. So it, it, it's quite amazing. Um, yeah, and I do remember you in class, hard to believe, 18 years ago. So, hey, on that front, let's um, let's talk a little bit about the people in our lives that have helped us, those mentors, those people that are there. I remember so many of them um, that were along the way when, when I was a young pup, you were a young pup in this industry, but maybe one or two you know, people that really were there for you. As you've become there for people today, you've become one of those for others in the industry. There had to be people there all the way back. You mentioned a boss, whoever it might be, that really was a leader that you admired uh, and that you really wanted to uh, to emulate from a, from a crucial leadership perspective. Yeah, I would say actually the person that introduced me to Chime was probably my first mentor and leader that I tried to emulate. Um, this was an individual when I first got into healthcare. Um, who was in healthcare for a number of years in a, in a Catholic health system. And, um, and I learned a lot from this gentleman. It, he, was, he was the director of the IT department, um, had a lot of experience, uh, knew how to address challenges, uh, was a good communicator. You know, all the factors that I think are, are really important. Ironically, we worked for the, a bigger health system and he took a position at another much bigger hospital and, um, and so I was new, I was, I was only at, in healthcare two years, had you know, my, my degrees and everything else out of the way and actually recommended me for his position when he left. And there were a lot of people that were just as qualified, I thought. Um, but I was really, you know, I was young at the time and, and I was really impressed that he felt that way about me and thought I had the potential to do this job and be effective at it. Um, and so, you know, that was my first mentor relationship. And, and I mentioned people like John Glazer and, you know, just when I came into Chime and, and John would always make time to talk with me. And I was a nobody, believe me, a nobody. And he took the time just to have lunch when we get together at the Chime functions twice a year. Um, he would reach out, have discussions. Uh, and, and I learned so much. He was at Partners at the time, way before he went down to be the CEO of Siemens Corporation. And so to see, you know, that, you know, somebody go from a, a CIO role to a CEO of a major organization that's based out of, out of Germany um, was impressive to me. And then I'd still have conversations with him afterward. And I, I was just impressed that he was willing to talk with me, but I learned so much from him. You know, it, it just... Those, those mentor relationships are really, really important in my eyes. And I try to do the same with a lot of folks that, colleagues that I see or, or people that I know that reach out to me um, and just want to have conversations that work for other companies. I'm happy to talk with them. Anything I could share, I'm, I'm more than happy to share with them because that's the way we learn to be leaders in healthcare. Uh, to me, that's, that's the important thing. You're willing to give back to other people. And, and I felt that way very much about, you know, being in China. I felt this was an opportunity to give back. I think, I think we left it in a better, even a little bit better place than when we found it. And I think we have to continue to do that, uh, continue to improve it. So it's, it's a great organization that people really have pride in being a member of. 
And I, I know I'm very proud of it and I'll never leave it, you know, until I retire from healthcare. But to me, it's, it's an organization that's very respected. Um, and it's got a lot of great people that are in it that are willing to share a network. So I, I find it very valuable from that perspective. Yeah, as you think about people like that, people that you know now in the industry, uh, and, and you've already mentioned a few of these along the way, what do you think those great qualities of a leader really are? I think it's somebody who is willing to put themselves out there, Russ. I think it's a person that uh, can be strategic. They understand, you know, this is not about technology. This is about moving a business forward. It's how do we, as technology leaders, support the business and make every opportunity to make the business better, make it stronger, let it grow, help it grow, uh, do things with technology. How do, we, how do we improve processes and take waste out of processes and uh, provide automation to support the business? Or in some cases, take positions that are really hard to fill right now and automate those processes with new technology. Um, and, and how do we continue to move the organization forward? And, and I have some, some cases where we've done this at Geisinger. Um, you know, we're using facial recognition to identify patients. We have changed our workflow processes and, and uh, we'll continue to build that out across our organization. We set up some pilots and had some great success, paperless hospitals and things like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's a way to change the game a little bit and continue to move the organizations forward. So I think, you know, leadership has vision. Leadership has got to have good communication skills to share that vision with people, get people excited about that vision and where it can be. And, and the strategy is laying out the roadmap and the plan, you know, to make it happen. And to me, those are important factors. I just think, you know, Anyone who wants to be a leader and, and can put the effort into it, and, and some of it's God-given talent too, but you know the ability to communicate with people and to share your vision is so important, in my opinion. So you provide a lot for that because not only were you chair-elect, you were the planning chair where in 19 and gave us a great vision and, and really high-level strategy for the what we now refer to as Chime 3.0. But as you as you look which is really three years into the enactment of that. Uh, it, it seems hard to believe it's moved that fast, but as you think now and you look forward as we move into this period of, as I often refer to it as we're around the world speaking, this, this period of massive revolutionary disruptive change we're about to see. And that sounds like it's a bad thing, but it's probably a really positive thing where, where do you think the future goes now? I mean, are we all going to be replaced by robots someday? Or is it, you know, the world of massive AI? You know, what, what, what's the future lead for us in healthcare? I, I actually think it's an exciting time because, you know, I'm working with a bunch of different firms through innovation in a lot of these areas. I think, honestly, it's going to be an exciting time. It will automate to the degree that it can assist. And a lot of people are doing this now with, ambient voice, you know, the ability to take the, the provider's hands off a keyboard, let them speak while they're walking, you know, and, and fire orders and other things and do, you know, documentation and templates and not have to worry about keyboarding. That's what, where is their expertise? It's, we didn't teach them to type, we taught them or they were taught 
to, to treat people and, you know, have, you know, respect for people and heal people. So why wouldn't we want to let them do what they're good at, what they studied in life, where they've been successful and take them away from those menial tasks. And I think, you know, things like we talk a lot about AI, ML, AI, and things like that. I think that will help us considerably to cut through a lot of the material. You think about the voluminous amount of data that our systems generate and ways to cut through that data to get to the concise answer. And uh, it's just so exciting to think of what, what's going to happen here in the next few years. I, 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 don't, I think the sky's the limit. I honestly do. And I think we're going to see a lot more mobile, um, which requires a lot of security. And we will we'll see a lot of um, really interactive opportunities as people are working through workflow and the, and the computer system starts to suggest things because it, it sees trends. It, you know, the applications and the algorithms can suggest things through what they what we reference as AI, artificial intelligence, but it's really learning from the past and, and algorithms that were sophisticated to suggest new ways of doing things. And I think, you know, we're not going to be replaced by robots. That's that's not what it's going to be, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a better way of doing things more efficiently. And honestly, we need to be better at this because the workforce, the workforce is dwindling. I don't know where all these people went. You know, they, they just seem to disappear. And they didn't just leave healthcare. <laughs> Every industry is challenged with it. So I think, I think that's going to be part of our challenge going forward is doing things with more with technology to support probably fewer people working in the workforce. And uh, we're going to have to make sure that we can uh, support that effectively. John, maybe one last question here for you, really an opportunity for you. Maybe maybe a statement you'd want to make to our members and our listeners here, uh, kind of your personal philosophy or personal challenge to our industry as we wrap our time up. Yeah, I would say don't be afraid of migrating to the cloud. You know, a lot of people are still very apprehensive. And, you know, I'm in the middle of a cloud migration now with a major vendor. Um, we've done our homework. We're still doing our homework as we go through this. But don't be afraid of change. Change will make us stronger. Change will make us better. Um, if we if we don't change, we'll become a dinosaur, and we don't want that to occur. You know, take advantage. My my personal you know feelings are take advantage of the education and networking with people. Learn from other people because there's so much to be learned, and so many new things that we could do in a new digital world. We have to take advantage of that, and we need to. We, I think we have a, a fiduciary responsibility to organizations that we do that, and we are becoming great leaders for that purpose. We're here to, to move the organization forward. And uh, no matter who we work for, that should be our main focus. And uh, moving that forward is gonna be key. Being a great leader is gonna be important and utilize and leverage all of the resources available to you through China. Uh, that would be my suggestion because there's a lot of them. Well, John, I wanted to thank you personally for not just being a great friend and mentor and just a person that I can lean on and have great conversations, but more importantly, for, for Chime and our industry, leading us through not only 2019 with giving us a great vision, but really through one of the, if not the most tumultuous time that we'll remember in our careers with the pandemic and all the challenges in the world. Uh, but also, again, keeping us focused on what's really important, the patient and our members. We just wanted to truly thank you 
you know, it's interesting when you think through it, the vision of Chime is so simple with five little words and, and that's uh, exceptional leaders transforming health and care. But boy, you personified that for us over the last year. So we want to say thank you. Uh, thank you, Russ. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, again, we'd also like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for this episode of the special 30th anniversary series of our podcast. You can visit us on Spotify or chimecentral.org forward slash media for this and all of our podcasts from amazing healthcare leaders. Again, let's stay safe during this last period of the pandemic. Take care of each other. What we do is not just for ourselves, but also for the people we love. Take care, stay safe, and God bless.